0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Say it again Filled. We are coming and we're going to spend some time this fall talking about the Holy Spirit, talking to the Holy Spirit inviting him to come and fill us in fresh new ways. And I'm excited to be here with you again this morning. Uh, I've been here and there throughout the month of August. Uh, Just over a week ago, a team of us were up in northern Ontario, went up on a kind of a mission exploring expedition to connect with some friends that we have in ministry up there. And And had a special time for our week connecting up there. Last Sunday, Rebecca and I were in Newmarket at a live church with two of our pastoral friends of Koinonia. And we were connecting with that congregation. But it's always good to come back to family. It is always good to come home and to be with you and connect together. Whether that's us who can fit in the room here because we're starting to fill up in capacity... Or for those who are gathering with us, connected, live stream, or on demand, excited to be with you. As we come into this series today, and I get the honor and privilege to kick it off today, I want you to do this with me. Picture you are 11 or 12 years old. For most of you, you're going to have to back up a few years. There's a couple in the room who are going to have to jump forward a couple. But picture you're 11 or 12 years old. You're asleep, it's nighttime, you're in your bed sleeping, and you hear a voice calling your name. The voice calls out your name not once, maybe twice, maybe three times. What do you do? (laughs) Are you the type of person that is such a deep sleeper that you just kind of roll over and you don't even hear the voice calling out your name? Or are you the person who bolts up and goes, what was that? (laughs) What did I just hear? What's going on? Who's calling my name? Well, this is some of the experience of Samuel. He was the son of Elkanah and Hannah. And Samuel, who was in the house of the Lord serving, had a sleeping quarters there. And he actually heard his name being called out. And I remember as I was growing up in in years and remember hearing a passage like this one about Samuel and I couldn't understand it. I'm like, did he really hear? Like, was it like, Samuel, you know, like just out loud, like my dad would call my name? Or was it kind of an impression that he was hearing? And all I knew is I wish I could experience what Samuel experienced. I'd like to hear God call my name. Anyone else want to hear God call your name? But I couldn't really understand some of those passages. Or I came to another one that talked about the presence of God showing up in a room that rocked the room. Acts chapter 2. Many of us are familiar with with that passage of being the day of Pentecost. And I remember reading about this passage and, and it says, A mighty wind filled the whole house where the people were gathered together. And the Spirit of God showed up in like tongues of fire that landed and settled on top of every person there. And I remember being younger in my faith, reading passages like this and thinking, I don't fully understand this Holy Spirit, this presence of God that can show up audibly, visibly, in significant ways. I haven't got it all figured out. Well, maybe those are some of your experiences, or you were there at one time, or I'm just introducing something to you to say that you're maybe feeling a little uncomfortable with, like really, voices and tongues of fire, and what what is this about? Well, this fall, we are going to take some time and just spend it with the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite him to make us aware of his presence with us. We're going to do some learning and become more personally acquainted with the Holy Spirit. One of the books I've enjoyed picking up just recently on this topic is John Bevere's book. And it's entitled The Holy Spirit. And his son Addison actually wrote the introduction to it. And he expressed some very similar thoughts that I'm talking about right here today. Addison said, many people, young and old, avoid the topic of the Holy Spirit. We'd just rather not deal with it, he says. He says, because sometimes we just don't understand the Holy Spirit. And it's more comfortable to, to put him away and, and, than it is to figure out how he functions. Well, I'm going to call us to lean in this fall and say, Holy Spirit, you are God and I want to know you. I want to experience your presence and walk with you. John Bevere, I I quote this book because many people have heard his teaching and maybe read some of his books. Maybe you read his book um, Undercover or Bait of Satan. Or maybe you read one of his former books, Multiply Your God-Given Potential. John and Lisa bring some excellent teaching. And I would encourage you in our study time on the Holy Spirit is perhaps pick up John's book and do some reading into it because he describes the Holy Spirit like this. He said, the Holy Spirit is a divine person, one who is infinitely holy, infinitely wise, and infinitely mighty, yet wonderfully tender, sensitive, and compassionate. Is that how you know the Holy Spirit? Or maybe I should ask you, how do you know the Holy Spirit? How do you relate to him? How do you know the Holy Spirit? Rhetorical question. Don't answer it aloud right now. Or as I talk about these passages or maybe your experiences or maybe you've been in a church gathering like this and you've heard teaching about the Holy Spirit and you're like, I don't get it. The Holy Spirit to me kind of seems like one of my crazy relatives that I'm just going to keep up in the attic and don't go up there, okay? Like, let's just leave him be. Because legit, I do believe some people are so uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit, this part of the Trinity, the Godhead, that they want to just lock them up in the attic. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to trust God the Father through his son, Jesus, who then sent the Holy Spirit in his place, that he's got some stuff for us to receive. You see, when I was 12, when I was in junior high, I remember I had already prayed a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I wasn't convinced that I was going to heaven. <laughs> if the world ended, if, God, if Jesus came back, I, I just wasn't sure that I was saved. And so I remember asking my camp leaders and my church leaders and saying, help me, how do I know there's something pulling on my heart? And they said, the Holy Spirit's really drawing you, Brian, to read the word of God and believe what God says, that he has given you eternal life. I didn't realize at 12 that that was the Spirit of God drawing me. In my formal years of study, I studied at Emmanuel Bible College right here in Kitchener. I did a four-year Bachelor of Theology. And I remember studying about the Holy Spirit. We read about the accounts of the Spirit. We read about how He showed up at Pentecost. and, And yet, there wasn't teaching on giving yourself to the Spirit and allow the Spirit to speak to you. So I was still, I felt like a freshman coming on campus in the study of the Spirit. And I, I, I wanted to learn, but I didn't have classes or courses set up to teach me. What I was thankful for in my teenage years was a church that I became a part of as, and was a part of the youth group. And, and the, tur- the leaders and pastors of the church really taught about flowing in the Spirit. Which again could be a term that you're like, what does that really mean? what I came to understand was it meant yielding myself to God and listening for God to speak, listening for him to speak to my heart, to my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, to yield and worship and to say, God, I'm here, and listen and let him speak into my heart. But let me come to another experience I had in my learning about the Holy Spirit Many of you know I pastored a church here in Waterloo for 17 years. Pastored right after I got out of Bible college. I was a young, green, fresh pastor. And some people here can testify to that because they've been that journey with me. But I remember after 10 years of ministry, it was in this season, September. We were just starting up fall again, the programs, the activities, the midweek programs. And I remember my, my, my feeling inside of me was flat. I was just like, God, really? You who's the creator of all things, who breathe creation into existence in six, day, six days, and we're just to be a going about routine every year, just doing the same thing? And I remember saying this to God, surely you're about more than this. <laughs> and it was like he said, now I've got your attention, Brian. Now you're listening up to me to hear what I want to do what I can do in building my church, in reaching people in Jesus' name. He had my attention, and I wanted to lean in and and begin to learn and glean everything I could. And so I began to say, Lord, teach me about what you have to say. And I I remember thinking, scanning through my Bible, okay, where, where where do we go to learn about the Holy Spirit? You know, like, where does the Holy Spirit jump out and And I remember coming to the Gospel of John, John 14, chapters 14, 15, and 16, because there Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus in those chapters revealed the Holy Spirit in some personal, exciting ways for me. I've talked to you about chapter 16, verse 7 before, but let me quote it again this morning. This is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. And he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And I, I remember just riveting on that verse in chapter 16, just holding on to it, and saying, Wait a second, and I've shared this with some of you before. I remember just thinking, Jesus, you said it's good for you to go away. (laughs) It's actually to my benefit that you do. Because up to that point, I just wish Jesus was here on earth when I was alive. So that I could ask him my questions. So that when he says, come follow me, I could see where he's walking, what road he's on, and I could legitimately follow him. But this verse caught my attention. That Jesus said, it's actually better, Brian, for me to go away, and for me to send the counselor the Holy Spirit to you. Let me read the Amplified version of this verse because it's a fun one too. The Amplified says, Jesus' words is this, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, counselor, comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, the one who's on standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, that is the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of meat in that verse. Jesus is saying, the one who's going to come in my place, who's going to advocate on the Father's behalf, on heaven's behalf, he's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's actually going to be there to strengthen you and care for you. He's coming in my place. And I thought, there's nobody who could come in Jesus' place unless he was equal to Jesus, unless he was God. And that's why Jesus said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And I love looking at this verse because I'm encouraged that the Holy Spirit with me is what I need is sufficient for me, is adequate for me. He is God in me. And I remember thinking, well, if Jesus said this, I'm not going to push the Holy Spirit away. I'm actually going to invite him, and I'm going to ask him to reveal himself to me so I I know and can understand him. And then catch the last part of this amplified version. To be with you and have fellowship with you. We all know what the Greek word for fellowship is, right? Right? It is koinonia. Koinonia. Yeah, it is koinonia. That is what the Greek word means is fellowship, to have relationship with you, personal, up close. And the Holy Spirit's come to do that with us, to have fellowship, relationship with us. And you might say, well, that's a lot to get out of the Amplified Version, but study all the three chapters. Because Jesus said in chapter 14 about this counselor who's coming, He said, he lives with you and will be in you. That's how you know the Holy Spirit. For those who believe to receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives with you and he is in you. You can believe that and receive that by faith. And I'm telling you, friends, that's why this verse lit up in me. Whoa, the Spirit of God is alive in me. That means he can hear me. That means I can hear him. I could walk and trust and follow him. And that that changed my faith. It changed my life. You can ask some of my friends who knew me then because I was no longer standing on the ground. I was felt like I was 2 feet above it because God was with me and in me. Do you know the Holy Spirit in this personal way that I described this morning? Do you know him how the Holy Spirit, the Son, Jesus, God the Father work together in relationship? Do you know how the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus the Son and points toward God the Father? This is why we're taking time this fall to press in. See, we don't want to just know the Holy Spirit as a supreme being or some kind of power and authoritative person, but we want to know him as the person of God living in us. Is there anyone else here who wants to know him that way? Has knowing the Holy Spirit changed your life? Has he changed you? If not, I'm here to say, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Dive in this fall and say, Spirit, teach me. Let me give you a couple more verses this morning, and then I'll apply some of this thought for us. Isaiah 6 talks about the presence of God showing up in In a vision. And Isaiah 6 kind of scares me as I look at Isaiah. I'm a little afraid as I read Isaiah 6. Because it says, Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost shook, the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. I believe Isaiah was experiencing the presence of God quite tangibly, visibly for him as he saw this vision. And sometimes when we hear about the presence of God or the Spirit of God in this way, it, makes, it can make some of us feel uncomfortable. And that's where we get that feeling like, let's just tuck them back in the attic and let's not talk about them, okay? And because there's too much of the unknown there. But it's okay to be uncomfortable when you come to God because God is the comforter. The Holy Spirit can take that discomfort from you and bring you to a place of comfort so that he can teach you who he really is. I want to encourage you, don't stay in a place of discomfort. Isaiah didn't. Moses didn't. Elijah didn't. They came to a spot of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I I looked through other verses, and I came to the book of Acts, and I've already read a little bit in chapter 2, but I came to chapter 9. And chapter 9 teaches me about the Holy Spirit. It humbles me. Chapter 9, Acts 9, humbles me as I think about the Holy Spirit. It is the experience that the Apostle Paul had being introduced to the Spirit of God in the the vision of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul, who his name at that point was Saul, was on a religious tirade. He was seeking to um, exalt the Holy God. And as he was doing that, he he was ignorant about who Jesus was, and he had no concept of who the Holy Spirit was. And he was on his religious uh, mission, and he met Jesus on a road. The presence of God overcame him, and and he was quickly introduced to the Spirit of God. When I read Acts 9 and Paul's experience and exposure to the Spirit, I'm humbled. I don't play games with the Spirit because of what Paul experienced. I come respecting the Spirit. But maybe in life you're a bit like Paul that you're just kind of neutral to the Spirit. You have no feelings one way or the other. Can I encourage you this fall, do not stay neutral. Do not stay in the dark about the Spirit. Lean in because the Spirit will guide you into all truth. Those are Jesus' words think about it for a moment. Our relationship with God as father, we receive Jesus Christ as son and savior. And then if we do nothing with the Holy Spirit, the personal presence of God, it would be like, let me illustrate it in a human relationship. It would be my, my relationship with Rebecca. So Rebecca's my wife. And what if I only acknowledged her when, when we were out in public? And I said, "Everybody, this is my wife, Rebecca, and she works here at Quinnipiac, and she works at the pregnancy center. This is what she does." But when we went home, I ignore her. <laughs> I don't talk to her in any personal friendship kind of way. We don't have any kind of deeper conversation. No romance. No intimacy. That that part of our relationship is just stuck in the attic. Doesn't that sound really crazy? <laughs> It scares me. I'm like, no, honey, we're going to have real relationship. But if we ignore the Holy Spirit in such a way, the personal side of God, its presence with us, it's kind of as crazy as thinking about a, a human relationship like that. The Holy Spirit is wonderfully tender, sensitive, and compassionate, as well as convicting, guiding, leading you into truth. We're going to study him in these ways this fall. But I come to Acts chapter 4. I'm just giving you a few verses to get your appetites excited for this fall. I mentioned Acts 2 where the Spirit showed up in the room where the people were all gathered and they were praying and there was some powerful wind blowing, some presence of God and tongues of fire that showed up and the people were speaking different languages and And Acts 2 verse 4 says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep reading beyond chapter 2. Read into chapter 3 and the clarification of of what was happening. Read into chapter 4 and look at how the first believers, the early church, began to express their faith along with the Holy Spirit. Because as I read in chapter 4, I come to verse 31. Listen to this verse. After they prayed, that's all the believers who were gathered and have been experiencing the presence for a few days. After they prayed, they play, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. But then catch chapter 4, verse 32. Look how it affected the church. All the believers were one in heart and mind No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. When the church was ready, desiring and welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit to speak to them, God did a mighty moving of unity in that body of believers, drawing them together, so much so that they said, let's care for one another, ongoing in life. Let's do life, let's do koinonia together. And you can read more about it in chapter 4. These people began to be very excited for the Holy Spirit, eager for it. They they began to be a little more comfortable. But we're also going to talk this fall about not becoming too comfortable where we play with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Remember I said we want to respect Him. We want to learn how does He show up and when does He show up so that we're not looking under everything and saying, is the Holy Spirit there? and Did the Holy Spirit only fill my bottle halfway this morning and not all the way for a reason? Let's not become too comfortable that we lose the respect that the Holy Spirit is God. One last verse I'll give you and leave it with you to check out. It comes from our Ephesians study. Do you remember Ephesians 5, verse 18? This verse causes me to focus on the Holy Spirit. It focuses me Because it was about not getting consumed and filled with another substance, wine, Paul was talking about, in replace of being filled with and acknowledging the Holy Spirit's presence. Be filled with the Spirit. Oh, there's so much the Holy Spirit can do. As we rest, as we trust in Him. I want to give you an example from my life of where focusing on the Holy Spirit really allowed us to to hear from God in a direction that we were seeking Him for life. You've heard me share a bit of our story uh, throughout this summer. We talked a little bit about our story of adoption and how God led us to um, that our family wasn't finished. And then in the year about 2009, 2010, We we believed at that point we had four kids. We had added to our family. And then we got to this point where we felt like God wasn't finished. He wanted to add to our family again. And I told you a little bit about the story of us becoming parents to children who were in the foster system. And if you remember me sharing the story, Rebecca received this vision, this passion, that we should become foster parents. And I wasn't so sure right away, She had heard from God and I wasn't convinced yet. And so I needed to take some time to pray as well and discern and then come back and connect our notes and our hearts together. And so I took some time apart and went away and took some time to pray. And and I remember I was asking God for the answer that what I was looking for was either a yes or no. (laughs) I was saying, God, should we become foster parents? Do we do this? Because We're a single-income family. We have four kids in Christian education at KCA. God, you know that having kids is expensive. God, have you forgotten having kids is expensive? You know, sometimes I feel like he forgets. And so I was praying, asking for yes or no, and I heard what I believe is the Holy Spirit speak to me. It wasn't out loud like Samuel, but it was impressed on me. It was something that just landed in my thoughts, and it was a boy and a girl and I remember thinking, that's not what I was asking about. <laughs> I was asking for yes or no. I'll tell you how many. Oh, no, I'm not supposed to tell you. But I brought that answer home to my family. And I remember sharing it with back And I'm saying, well, this is the answer I got was a boy and a girl. So I guess, yes, we're to become parents in this direction. And we said, well, we need to share it with our four kids and see what the Holy Spirit says to our kids. And so at this point, our oldest, Nick, was about 12, 13 years old. And so we had a family meeting, and I remember sitting in our big kitchen table, and we were all sitting together, and we began to share with them, hey, this is you've heard mom talk about this excitement, and, and here's what I was away praying, and I sensed God say that we are to do this, that we are, there's going to be a boy and a girl and we shared it with our four kids, and, and it was funny. They were each doing their own thing. Probably the youngest was under the table half the time, and the oldest was doodling on something, and the girls were sitting, more babies? This is going to be great. And I remember Nick was our oldest, and he was doodling on a plate, a plastic plate and a marker, and he was just right away. And after we shared it and we said, guys, what do you think? Do you think God's leading us by his Spirit to add to our family in this way? And Nick kind of looked at what he doodled, and he held it up, and he goes, well, it says choose life. So guys, I guess we're supposed to choose life of kids to join our family. And it was fun to see the other kids lit up, and they were excited. They are like, yeah, we should do this. And, but in that moment, Nick had no idea what those words meant to me. <laughs> because those words came straight out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19, 20, 21. Where God says to his people, you can choose today, death or life. But if you choose life, choose it for your children. So that they will have life and they will be aware of my presence. Whoa. When he just simply held up his doodling, that I know the Holy Spirit led him. Because I've seen the Spirit lead him in other ways. And I don't have time to tell you all those. But when he held that up, it was like the Holy Spirit said yes. Yes. And then in the, six, succumb, the coming months and weeks, God provided financially for us. He provided grace and strength for us. He gave us passion to not just do it half-hearted. Oh, yeah, we'll add some other kids to the mix, and we'll just fill the van. And No, he gave us capacity to love kids who he loved. This, my friends, is how the Holy Spirit works. Are you ready to do life following his lead? It can make you feel uncomfortable, (laughs) nervous. But when you lead into him, he is trustworthy. He will lead you where you need to go. Let me finish with these thoughts. Where are you at in your own life right now? Do you need comfort? The Holy Spirit is known as the comforter. Maybe you've got pain in your physical body. Maybe pain in your mental thoughts, your emotions. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Do you need truth right now? <laughs> in a time of an election, <laughs> politics and campaigning's going on, information's coming out in the news. Is it trustworthy? Is it truth or is it lies? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Do you need counsel in your life? For many of us, we need decisions on direction in life, whether to invest here, whether to take this job, whether to establish in a new relationship. The Holy Spirit, I love seeing his name capitalized as counselor. He will counsel you. Do you need strength? Because you're sick, you're weak, you're tired, you're fed up. Many times you think about just wanting to give up. The Holy Spirit can be your strength when you have nothing left to conjure up and keep going. Do you need company? Legit? Do you need a friend? <laughs> you feel alone, lonely. The Holy Spirit came to be the comforter. My encouragement is start your relationship with God and the Spirit Through receiving Jesus, the Son. That's where it starts. And for every one of you who have said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Welcome him. Receive his love. When you pray, talk with him and say, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad you're here. I come to you in Jesus' name by faith. And I want to listen to your words and invite you to lead me. I want you to do something in my heart. But before I give you my list, Holy Spirit, of what I'd love to see you do, what do you have to say to me today? What do you want me to know? How do you want to revive my faith? What do you want to speak of truth to me? Because you know who I'm going to see today. You know where I'm going to go. You know what news reports I'm going to take in. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me today? Churches, we come toward the end of our service. Worship team's going to come back out. And they're going to lead a song that you can sing along with them. You can stand, you can engage wherever you are. But make the words of this song a prayer. Let the words stir in you a prayer of, come Holy Spirit, rain down on me, revive me, revive this land. Let's invite God to speak to us as we worship. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.